Welcome to the 12th Man Rising Podcast, part of the Fan-Sided Podcast Network. Here's your hosts, Lee Vowell and Todd Vandenberg. And welcome to the 12th Man Rising Podcast. I am Lee, and with me is Todd. Todd, how are you today? With a lot of background noise. Um, is there a lot of background noise, really? Well, it sounded like maybe you were moving your hand, twisting people's arms, a lot of yelling, cussing, Santa Claus. Yes, I was doing all of those things. I am well, although I have to say, you know... We're in the off season. Sadly, it's not the postseason for the Seahawks. It's kind of sad. There's nothing to talk about. It's disappointing, really. Yeah, this is going to be basically a, a non-Seahawks show. It's going to be a bunch of Nick Saban, Bill Belichick talk. Yeah, um, yeah for sure. Status quo in Seattle. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, it's now, now, do you think no. the Patriots – do you think the – I know you don't think. Do you think the Patriots legit – delayed the news for a day just to so they could get their own headline or or was it perhaps nah i was gonna say a matter of respect for the other two legends that re, that mm-hmm. are no longer is like <laughs> yeah no. i couldn't even say it without laughing and, and we talked about this in pre-pro high ted it's like watch they're going to do it the next day just so they can get their own full <laughs> full day cycle of headlines, right? It's like, well, they've already hired a head coach. Isn't that crazy? Now, I do have to say this. Uh, I don't hate the Patriots organization, but if I, if I would hate any organization, it would be the Patriots. But that's Not how you Cowboys? do it. That's how you – I was no, thinking I more of the GOP. Um, but all those alphabets, I hate them all. Uh, both versions of the SEC, absolute swine. Um, but that's how you do it. Arkansas Razorbacks. That's how you do it. You don't get rid of a coach until you know who's going to take his place. And I understand you can't typically do that, and you can only do that legit if circumstances are correct. Like you can do from within, which obviously the Seahawks weren't going to do, thankfully. Or not we don't at this point. Mm-hmm. And, and for those who just woke up and the first thing you're listening to over the last few days is this podcast. Thank you, but odd. Uh, yeah, Pete, Pete Carroll was, uh, and the Seahawks mutually parted ways. Mm-hmm. He will no Pete, longer be. I, I know has... you're you're inferring what he said as far as screw this. No, I'm just kidding. He said he fought, the, <laughs> fought for his job, basically. But I think it was still... I think if it wasn't a mutual part, it was weird because, you know, we've seen even with Belichick and the Patriots, yeah. we've seen things that do not normally happen, which is this year we've started seeing where the head coach is able to give a press conference, even though they no longer have a job. Yeah. Uh, and maybe it's just PR. I don't know. But in Pete's case, it it probably wasn't. And he's still, you know, part of the organization where, Belichick right. was even, even Robert Kraft yesterday was like, yeah, wherever, basically wherever he goes to coach next. <laughs> it's like, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Pete, Pete's not going to, Pete may coach somewhere. Maybe he'll go to the University of Alabama. But yeah, um, yeah, yeah. and he might go, co- you know, I hope not. And not because he can't coach because he can. Uh, b- but, well, 
at some point, I don't know at this point, the articles have been coming so fast. It might have been published three days ago, like two days before I wrote it, or it might be coming out next month. But I did a little jive about something Pete could do if he doesn't stay with the Seahawks. And and legit, he either needs to stay with the Seahawks if he has a legitimate role, not just a cheerleader. uh, Sorry to interrupt you, but he was he is. Vice President of Football Operations. Nobody's talking about that. It's almost like that doesn't yeah. exist either. Yeah, and, and it, whatever that role was, I, I don't know. But that right, right. Clearly, but he no longer exist. has. But but he no longer has John Schneider reporting to him. John Schneider is the man, as he made very clear, mm-hmm. as far as personnel decisions. But yeah, you're right. They didn't say anything about well, he's no longer the executive executive PP of football operations, which. You know, he basically put him in control of the whole thing. So it's odd they haven't mentioned that. But and maybe that was like, well, of course, but they didn't say it. But it should, yeah, it should be, of course, because if he's, if he's right, still right. in that role, it doesn't make sense for them. Yeah, he'll be staying on as an advisor. But it's like, well, if he was vice president of football operations still, he he would automatically be an advisor. Right, right. right. And maybe and maybe that was just, well, you guys are all semi-intelligent even though you and this is Jody Allen talking to the two of us like you guys are semi-intelligent you talk and write about football so you should understand he still has that role because I didn't specify he ain't got that job no yeah but he, he made it sound like he doesn't yeah yeah I mean otherwise like I said there's no point in, in and it, maybe it's right. not that big of a deal we we know now that John right. Schneider basically has the on-field power right. of the team where he he did absolutely before and maybe right, that's exactly. a good thing well i mean that's as pete made clear in the press conference and again if you if you've been i don't know dead for the past couple of days hey nice to have you back lazarus pete is no longer he has evolved as jody allen put in her uh which i you know at first i thought Mm, that's kind of a cheesy way to put it. And the more I think about it, it's like, you know what? That's a very classy way to put it. As opposed to, you know, whatever. It's like, she's making it clear. And I don't think that's just PR. I think that she legitimately feels, okay, we don't want them doing the X's and O's anymore, right? Clearly, otherwise they wouldn't have made the move. But at the same time, we truly value what he has always brought to the organization. They've made that abundantly clear. And I think he can still bring that aspect of his talent to the organization. Uh, You know, how exactly you do that, that's the trick. So, again, back to what I was talking about, I don't know, six months ago at this point. Either he does that for the Seahawks, which would be fantastic, or or he does that for the NFL. And again, that's not going to happen, though. And it's not going to happen because Pete already he was talking about that. That he went to the NFL and he said, hey, this is what we should do, blah, blah, blah. And they were kind of like, yeah, like, like okay. players. Well, hey, well, we're in this for the owners to make money. What are you talking about? Players, players. Yeah, yeah exactly. Which is so, so freaking sad. Well, they're I mean, just, Pete is just an absolutely 100 percent right? correct. Right. Yeah, basically. I mean, and people say, oh, man, they make millions. They make tens of millions of dollars. Yes, and once again, somebody signs those paychecks. Yeah. Those tens of millions of dollars mean nothing and to not the billionaire all of them owners. Make those millions. Of, I mean, yes. Uh, oh, 
a certain percentage definitely make millions and millions of dollars. There are others who don't. And I, I mean, you think about it. I mean, and, there's, and those millions and millions of dollars can disappear right. with a snap of the fingers like Thanos. Because I, I ask, ask Russell Wilson about that. Ask, yeah, well, true. Ask virtu- ask I mean, he's still getting any. lots of millions of dollars, but it's but right. I mean, you're thinking long term where it's like, you're, I mean, you're mm-hmm. probably going to have med- higher medical costs because uh, I mean, there's a lot that goes lifestyle stuff that goes into it. Right. Not just yeah. them blowing money left and right. I mean, and to you your, know, and to your point, most of them don't see that. Most right. of them. I mean, I, I'd be happy to get what's off the top of my head. I don't even know what the NFL minimum is now. Seven hundred and sixty thousand, I think, something like that. Yeah, I was going to guess five sixty. So seven sixty. That's gone I up. Wouldn't, yeah. I wouldn't. I wouldn't cry. Yeah, I knew it had. I wouldn't cry if I made seven hundred sixty thousand in one year. Right. At all, but. Uh, at the same time, I don't really want any more brain damage than I probably already have. Right. Yeah. Uh, you know, or or the risk of being paralyzed. And it's like, you know, they sacrifice a lot to get that money. Yeah. And again, somebody else signs the checks. Anyway. Right, right, right. Um, but, but yeah, anyway, so uh, as far as John Schneider, <coughs> excuse me, still with the cough. Um, You're excused. John Schneider being... You know, uh, really the guy in charge now it'll just be interesting because you know Pete had the last say in draft picks and and on-field stuff and it'll just be interest interesting to see how things change and how potential drastically they change moving forward I mean instead of a quarterback being and not a quarterback taking in the first round you know if Pete were still there Maybe John Schneider, who just has a history of choosing quarterbacks, well, is like, yeah, we're going to actually take a quarterback in the first round. I mean, there's so many. I mean, the culture is going to change. I'm I'm leading up to a point, but the culture could change as far as uh, the players who come back, you know, because they played for Pete as far as Sherm and, you know, Mike Bennett and all that stuff. I mean, with no Pete there, theoretically, that culture completely changes. We've got a completely different team unless there is one certain guy. That's hired, who very likely could be hired, who's currently coaching for a team in the NFL, um, and that's Dan Quinn, obviously a defensive coordinator for the Cowboys. I think if with the talent, let's say, hopefully they bring back Leonard Williams, right? That'd be the one guy, right. and probably would be nice, maybe at four million dollars a year or whatever it is. Jordan Brooks has to come back, and Leonard Williams have to come back. Period. Adams, Diggs, whatever. But with the raw talent they have on this team, if Dan Quinn is the head coach of the Seahawks, that yeah. defense immediately gets much better, much better, because they already have yeah. talent. there. That's not the issue. Um, it'll be interesting to see what he does as far as an offensive coordinator, because I'm assuming Clint Hurt will be gone unless whoever comes in uh, moves him back down to a position coach. And Shane Waldron right. really, to me, hasn't proven he should be an offensive coordinator long term. He He's so yeah. inconsistent. As we've spoken about, he's so inconsistently creative that right. it's like, eh, okay, bigger moments. Okay, well, we'll just wait for that last drive of the fourth quarter when the quarterback, mostly Geno Smith, comes in and, and drops some dimes like to Tyler Lockett. Um, yeah. But it's you know it's uh, and we don't know if Lockett will be back either. But I think if they if they're gonna hire somebody just to try to remain within the culture, it, this could be like okay, we're wiping the slate clean for what we can the roster does not going to change over that much but as far as changing the culture we're bringing in someone else so 
I, let me ask you who besides Dan Quinn, obviously that's one bigger, but who would you like to see Mike McDaniel? No, I'm joking. Who would you like to see brought in <laughs> as the next head coach of the, and not Saban or Belichick as the head coach of the Seahawks? You know, I'm not sold on Dan Quinn um, as a head coach. I, see, uh, let me interrupt. You. So I'm not, he would not like, I'm not one of these people who's like, as we've seen on social media, oh, Dan Quinn, Dan Quinn. I think he would be a good coach. I think he did a good job with the Falcons. I think their issue really was they built up quickly to Super Bowl and then playoff and then salary cap issues and bam, he he had nothing to work with, especially defensively. I think he would be a good head coach, and I think he has been. I don't know if he would be my number one pick for the Seahawks. Right. So. Yeah, I'm not saying it's like no way Dan Quinn. I'm just like I'm not because like like you said a lot of people are oh my god he's the like no he's not the automatic only answer I mean yeah and he's their answer because he's a familiar name right absolutely like Dan Quinn he was with us for two years when we had uh, you know the best defense ever yeah yeah, and and as for the culture and all the rest of it but then again it gets back to was it Dan Quinn or was it those players I mean and obviously it's really both. I mean, yeah. as we've oh, seen, and he's have proven with the Cowboys, the right, coaching right. goes a long way. Coaching obviously does go a long way, and he absolutely can do it. Uh, if they could somehow get him away from the Cowboys just to be their DC, <laughs> uh-huh. uh huh. That absolutely 100%. Head coach, mm, yeah. I'm not saying it's like, oh, no, no way, but again, what I'm it not sounds just, like you're oh, saying. I've got it oh, on the record as you saying, no way, Dan Quinn. You were like, DQ, okay, don't what... like the food, don't like the coach. That's what you said, I believe, just a minute ago. <laughs> oh, no, it's grilling time if Dan Quinn comes. Uh, <laughs> actually, you know what? Let me trademark that right now. It's grilling. <laughs> no. Anyway, um, it would be interesting to see who he brings in as an OC. Let's put it that way. Like you said, right? Because obviously he'll handle the defensive side what's going to happen on the offensive side and no it can't be shane waldron and in social media some people are saying well it's like do you think uh the the assistants will stay and i was like okay in the first place clearly the assistants would not stay because if jody allen thought the assistants were getting the job done pete carroll would still have a job i mean that's just moronic plus they've made it clear they have given them permission to seek other opportunities, which, as other talking heads and writing hands have said, that typically doesn't happen. Even when a head coach leaves, they don't say, as like, hey, it's open season on our assistants, because typically a lot of times they might want to elevate one of those assistants. Mm-hmm. Well, that didn't happen in Seattle. So, no, they're not staying. And why would they want that to happen anyway? A new head coach I, I, needs to come in and have his own guys. Uh, and maybe some of these people are writing that as like worried that they might say, but exactly right. No head coach is going to come in and say, hmm, let's see, your offense was incredibly in- inconsistent. You can stay. And your defense devolved as the season went on. Uh, and you guys can't stop the run and you can't tackle. Yes, you can stay too. It's like, no, now where's my gone. office? That's where, where is my office? I'll just go right over there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, it could God. be that. I mean, some of the coaches, I mean, you know, it could be that. I mean, yeah. Dan Quinn could come in and be like, oh, Chris Richard's going to be our DC. I mean, it could be they bring back some former 
yeah, Seahawks coaches or whatever, but you know, and it could be or that they, some of the assistant coaches, assistant assistant coaches are retained, but it's not going right. to be. They, it they, shouldn't. They be might elevate they, Waldron. They, yeah, they might elevate maybe or retain a position coach or two. That I could see as a possibility. Not really, but that could happen. But mm, they're not going to. The, the coordinators are gone. That's just ridiculous. Uh, I don't know. The OC for the Lions. All ben, of a sudden, ben John? Jared, Ben Johnson, Does, Ben Johnson. All of all of a sudden, Jared Goff can be a quarterback. Cause like, now, dude, if you well, can do that, because the guy used to be a sprinter for Jamaica. I mean, maybe he had some, and then he switched over to the NFL. The guy's been a, a success wherever he's gone in sports. That's true, man. Usain Bolt could be the DC, and, and he has. Uh, man, how fast would our defense play? Right. Um, he's like, no, you just, gotta run it like this, and they're just like, no, we can't. You know, it's it's, it's, it's he like even in uh and uh that tom hanks directed film uh, where uh, with the wonders you know and they're like he's like that oh, thing you do, do that thing you do yeah and he's like do the scene you know i, I don't want to show you up but let me do the scene try like this and they're all like yeah we, we can't really do that because you're tom hanks so the anyway. uh <laughs> the, you're saying bold as dc the, that's why yeah yeah and he doesn't coach them he just gives them transfusions and then they're automatically the fastest people in the world uh there's one of the fun things is that there are so many opportunities, right, for who can come in. And that's and please, God, make the right choice. Right. But of course, we know we know Gerard Mayo will not be one of those choices. And I'm really happy for I mean, that's awesome. It's, would you be, would you be as happy um, if he didn't play at the University of Tennessee? And that he no, did. I wouldn't even, breaking I w- news, I wouldn't even just know hired Phil Former as his D.C. No, I'm making that up. <laughs> I wouldn't even know who the hell he was if he hadn't played at the University of Tennessee. Are you kidding me? Uh, that would be interesting. Although, it's basically, it's as if, for whatever reason, Pete Carroll said, you know what, I'm done 10 years ago. And they said, hey, Ken Norton Jr., you're a head coach. How did that happen? Oh How did that play out? And it was like, I know, right? Like, linebackers coach, you're the head coach now. It's like, it can't be as bad as it went for. It's, it is and, interesting, you know. isn't it? He, he never was a coordinator, and then he went straight to the top of the food chain. Yeah, yeah. My, and my I didn't realize that for, that was his contract. Go ahead, go ahead. Say that again. I didn't realize that that was actually in his contract. Yeah, that, that he, he would be the, the, the yeah. next head coach, which is why they said they can jump to it because that's the in the language of the Rooney Rule. If you already have a a successor plan in place. You don't have to do the search. And of course, in this case, it's a moot point, a mute point, as some people would say. What'd you say? What? What? What'd you say? Didn't hear you. <laughs> I was mute. I was muted. What? What? Uh, because Gerard Mayo uh, satisfies uh, one of the qualifications of the Rooney Rule in that, well, he's not a female person. He is a person of color. So there you go. Um, and again, because he is an alum, alum, you know, that stuff that makes your mouth pucker up. Aluminium. Of the University of Tennessee. Yes, aluminium. Uh, funny they don't say aluminium here in Canada. But that, uh, they don't look as I hope. Say it. I, I, they say it in the song. They've got a song called Aluminium, and that's how they say it. <laughs> they're fools, though. Are so, they from Toronto? I don't know. Your, your town. Your kind of town. My town, your kind of town, my kind of town, your kind of town. Mikasa Sue, 
I don't know what the thing is, chalet. Anyway, uh, it would be kind of fun to see the Patriots be a l- better, but not good enough to actually matter. But just to like, oh, yeah, Hoodie really wasn't that good because he wasn't. Uh, anyway, not without Tom Brady. But back to the team that matters, the Seahawks. If Dan Quinn comes in, uh, obviously I hope he's incredibly sexy. Hell, if Belichick sexy, came in, as I always hope, he said, I hope he's incredibly sexy. Well, I mean, he Dan Quinn does have he, sex, but I'll say. He, um, he, does, he does have that DQ thing going for him. That's right. Uh, my, my, just to throw this in, my dream candidate to be the DC in Seattle, not the head coach, would be Mike Caldwell. How awesome would that be? Ooh, like, oh, I've got him awesome. in. We're getting this guy on the yeah. show. I went to school. With him. <laughs> yeah. Oh, purely for selfish reasons. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Not, not, exactly. Not it's all about me. He would be excellent. It's all about It's a me first world. The Seahawks. Yeah. <laughs> it's the opposite oh approach as, as Pete Carroll in his press I, conference. It was, I, I said me first. I know. He said we about 100 times. Thankfully, you know what color hat you wear now. Yeah, that man was that an incredible press conference. Or um, if if people haven't seen it, the whole and most of the people, all seven of you, I'm sure you've listened to the press conference and watched it two or three times at this point. But yeah, the whole thing is available. Although the feed I found uh, has 35 they some minutes it. of just they fix blank it. screen. Oh, did they fix it? No, okay. Yeah, it's like so I know what you're it's talking like, about. It's on YouTube. Yeah, on YouTube. It's like, like 35 some minutes and there's nothing there. <laughs> yeah, they, they updated like, it. The reason I know that okay. is because um, is because I, I watched it on Seahawks.com. I actually watched it a lot. I have watched more press conferences this week than I've ever watched in my whole life. It's been insane. I've seen, you know, the Seahawks and I've seen the, the Patriots three times now. I don't know yeah. what they were doing. It's like, oh, instead of having Belichick just go out like they did with Pete, which was the right way of doing it with Pete Carroll doing it, to, it honors Pete, first of all, to allow him to go out there and answer questions. Right. We're going to have this PR moment where we have Belichick and Kraft and don't answer any questions and just give generalities. And then two hours later, Robert Kraft's going to do his own press conference and not really say anything. It's like, oh, my gosh, what a horrible <laughs> situation. It's like, wow, you, you guys are couldn't be more obvious where the Seahawks and Pete Carroll are extremely genuine. Um, but right, which, exactly. which is one thing I love about being a fan of, of the Seahawks is that you, oh, I, I don't know if it'll change, but at least with Pete, you got a lot of, you know, it was a genuine moment, whatever it was. He, he didn't, he was always overly positive, but that's just how he was. Yes. I mean, as Marshawn Lynch pointed out, we think we've talked about that. It's like, you see the guy at four o'clock in the morning. That's how he is. Right, it's, he's right. always like that. But, um, yeah, I watched the, the Pete Carroll press conference waited for it to come on and checked on YouTube because I yeah. was clicking on that link to make part of it too. And then I noticed, and, I was like, I and don't that, know that goes on. back to. Yes. Oh, you've fallen off. I didn't cut you off. Are you still there? Hello? Yes. Hello? You, you uh, went away uh, there. No, yeah, yeah. Skype has just been spotty again. Fun, yeah, fun. But I, I was going to just finish my point. Uh, Skype I watched... is fun again. Yeah, now yeah. I think you're on delay again. Um, but I was going to say I watched the the press conference later. <coughs> excuse me, while I was coughing, with uh, my family, and uh, uh, and I was watching it. And the question part was, you know, it's all good, but the question part is fine. But I knew when I was watching it, and they hadn't seen it, that I was like, oh, I'm going to look away when he mentions the family. It's like I can't, I can't. Yeah. I'm going to tear yeah. up. 
So, um, but anyway, yeah. 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 When, yeah. When he says this one is worth bet. MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly. When you place your first wager at bet MGM, simply download the bet MGM app and sign up using code champion 150. Then place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Catch those springtime vibes all over Arizona. Break out of the winter blues by hitting the water at one of our lake and river parks. Take a hike among the wildflowers. Just make sure to stay on the trails and leave the flowers for the bees. Discover Arizona's best kept secret and visit azstateparks.com slash amazing to start your springtime adventure. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Crying this for I was like mm, okay Pete, um yeah it's it, which it, it was to right? me it was a, a, a unbelievable press conference his segment the Q and A all of it was amazing I mean there's so much to unpack in in that I mean you've been writing everyone in Twelfth Man Rising basically has been writing about the press conference because there's so and there's still so much that we can unpack but one thing I wanted to mention too is that press conference alone, the fact that it went the way it went, that it was staged, though it was staged, like you said, speaks volumes about Jody Allen's press release. The Seahawks press release is like we're, you know, thanking Pete and how we're evolving the position. That wasn't PR, because if it was just PR, Pete would not have had that press conference. It would yeah. have been Jody Allen coming out and making his statement, which just, is what you see. Well, just exactly with the Patriots. Exactly. What exactly. Happened. Exactly. Instead, it was like, this is Pete's moment. Pete deserves this. Yeah. Yeah. I, lo- I loved how they did that. Even Schneider didn't wasn't up there. You know, I mean, obviously, Carol pointed it up, pointed him out several right, right. times, but he never made a like, OK, right. well, I'm going to, you know, this is I'm, I'm in charge no. of the team now. I'm going to make it. It's like, no, they gave him his moment, which was perfect. Yep. It was a very Seattle type moment i mean seattle the city the culture of the town it, it wasn't that's how it should be um whereas the patriots were very it was a very boston you know northeast type feel like okay we have media on every corner so we need to have this moment where it's like oh you know we don't want to lose any fans robert Kraft wants seats in the stadium and concessions sold so he can make money which is all he really cares about 
Where in Seattle, it was like, oh, we treated it as more of a human moment, which is, it was a sad human moment. But even if you thought Pete needed to go, it was still Pete Carroll, you know? Yeah, it's family. Uh, you see that with the reaction of the 12s. I mean, a lot of, tw- and our friend Ted, hi, Ted, we talked about this in pre-pro, pre, pre and it's like, do people see this? Kind of, and that's the national response. It's like, oh, my God, this is a shock. And, you know, it's a shock for Seattle fans, too. But. Like we said, this has been heavily discussed for two seasons now. It's not just in the past few games yeah. of this season. And this has I, been a just very to jump in hot for a topic. Second, I actually have an article coming out in like 20 minutes whenever you're listening to this. It's 20 minutes away. But it's about the disrespect <laughs> of the disrespect of Pete Carroll over the last few days because we went from Carroll uh, no longer being a part to Saban uh, announcing his retirement to Belichick being basically let go. And all we see on the national media now is even photos of Saban and, and Belichick together because they used to coach together. Yeah. We've moved on from Pete. Yeah. And, and part of the article yeah. is like, you know, if, if Pete was a jerk or if the if the organization had handled it like, oh, it's a me first kind of thing, may get more press. But, but yeah. because of it's not, I mean, it's disrespectful to it's disrespectful for the Seahawks. And I know it's. Out there in the Pacific Northwest, nothing else is around except for Vancouver right. and Portland. But it's still disrespectful to Pete. I mean, he he was he proved it twice, right? I mean, Belichick was a he's a great coach, great NFL coach. When he has Tom Brady, when exactly. he has Tom Brady, when he has Tom Brady, when he has, when he has arguably the best football player ever. Right, right. He's, and, he's and a great Saban, coach. Without him, he's mediocre, less than mediocre. Right. Saban's a great just check the records. Coach. But he's not a great NFL coach. Well, Pete did it exactly. at, in college and pros. So maybe right. he deserves exactly. a little bit more love. Yeah, exactly. Those USC you teams know. were beastly. I mean, I mean, I wasn't never been a fan of USC, but I always liked Pete. But I mean, those right. I would put those teams up against any other team. Yeah, Even the Alabama sure. teams that were. And great. here's the thing. Yeah, and here's here's going back to we talked about Harbaugh briefly. Is like. Yeah, I'd kind of be okay with Harbaugh, except there's an issue is Harbaugh wants to be the man in charge, deservedly so. That's not what Seattle wants. If Seattle wanted that, why would uh, Mr. Schneider still be the man in charge? That's who they want in charge. I cannot see Jim Harbaugh coming in and saying, okay, John, what do you want me to do? He's not going to do that. Right. And he shouldn't at this point. Plus, because uh, okay. somebody will catch him cheating. Harbaugh. Harbaugh's a great coach. He now has a national championship in college football. Pete had two. How many Super Bowls did Harbaugh win? Zero. And um, and he was an, a great coach with the 49ers. Unfortunately so, because he made the Seahawks pay for it a few times, right? We made, we've made him pay more than he did. But he's a great NFL coach. He's a great college coach. Pete was better at both. Yeah. So that's and a step anybody down. arguing and that I, Harbaugh wasn't a great Harbaugh. Arguing that Harbaugh oh. wasn't a great coach. That's just, I mean, genetically, he's a great coach. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. he's he's a great football coach. I don't, I, I, I you don't have to be, a, I'm not, yes. I don't, I don't know how I feel about Jim Harbaugh, the person or the, but I know he's a great football coach. He's proven it too Absolutely. much. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. But I, I think they need to find a person who is ready to take the next step up. Uh, if, if Harbaugh comes in, Let's he won't. But if let's say he did come in and he took the Hawks to the Super Bowl next year and they won the Super Bowl, that's fantastic. How long is he going to sustain it? 
And I don't mean going back to the Super Bowl every year, but, you know, how long is he going to sustain basically that level? Like, he doesn't have that long to do it, honestly. They don't need Jim Harbaugh. Harbaugh really, he's only 57, more, isn't he? For the, for the first reason I gave. He's, he's 60. Uh, it doesn't matter. Right. And it's just, I'm saying yeah. how much, how much fire does he have? 10 years, I guess, is what I'm the, saying. In the belly. I, but I don't think he has that much fire. I don't. How many guys are like Pete Carroll, seventy-two, and still have that fire? Or Saban, Belichick, I think, just did it out of stubbornness, uh, rather than fire in the belly. But it's like, my, I think one of my, maybe my favorite clip I've ever seen of Pete was from this season, when he's dancing around in in the locker room. Can Smoking you win the game cigars. in the first quarter? Can you win the game in the second quarter? Can, you know, and it's like he has that team so fired up and he is bouncing off the walls almost literally. The energy and enthusiasm this guy has. Yeah, absolutely off the charts. There's nobody like that. You're not going to get another Pete Carroll. And it could, there isn't one. Right. But I think you need. You need someone who has that same buy in with the players. Right. And that takes a special person and that same level of enthusiasm doesn't have to be. It's not it, going to be the same as Pete. Right. It, but they it also needs have to be somebody to be who's a bit to, of a hard ass, though, honestly, more than I, 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 I love that you said that because I've I was going to write an article about how they need to flip. Management styles as far as the coaches. Right. Because uh, Bill James not the 19th century baseball player, but the 20th and 21st century baseball writer and executive because he worked for the Red Sox. One and the uh, same, by the way. I've seen the Vampire series. Oh, yeah, I guess he is. Uh, wrote an article, and it's fascinating about how when baseball teams change managers, to be successful, they almost always go from an easygoing guy an Uncle Robbie guy, as he as he put it, to a hard ass. And you see that when the Yankees went from Bob Lemon to Billy Martin. And, you, and, you, and then you back see, to Lemon and, and then back to Martin and then back. And there's and there's and there's always a change because the hard ass can they're only going to listen to the put up for the hard ass for so long and then they're going to tune him out. And then you got to bring in the guy who's like, all right, guys, you can do it. And you got to bring in the rah-rah guy. And he's asked to be able to actually manage at the same time or coach in terms of the NFL. He's got to know what the hell he's doing. And then they respond to that as like, oh, man, this guy actually cares about us as people. And then that starts to wear starts to wear off as apparently it did with Pete because they stopped listening. Mm -hmm. That's why Pete's not the head coach anymore. Right. Because the philosophy, this is the philosophy. This is what we're going to do. Blah, blah, blah. Pete, that philosophy is like 100 percent gold plated, rock solid. Correct. But yeah. they weren't doing it anymore. Clearly, I mean, one of the worst tackling teams well, in the league. And he said that in this press conference. Exactly. So now you have to flip back, like you said, you got to flip back to someone who's going to be a little bit more of as like, uh, you're going to do it or you're gone. Pete finally started doing it. Like he said, he talked about when he benched Woolen, that he said is like he quoted John Wooden is like the bench is the coach's best friend. Pete needed to do that a lot more, a lot sooner. Mm-hmm. How how many how many times did DK Metcalf screw up earlier this season by doing stupid penalties? Yep, and then it makes you wonder if they did bench him for that and, one game that he missed. 
I guarantee you they benched him for that one game. I guarantee you. Because how many times did he do it after that? None. None. He still None. had some penalties, but they were like holding. They were in Bogus the game. <laughs> penalty. Yeah, right. But they were actually performative penalties. Oh, he, he held that guy too long, whatever. It wasn't like, oh, you disrespect me. You smack me in the head. I'm going to smack you back. Yeah. That was gone. That was gone. I don't think he's ever going to do that again because that taught him the lesson. Dude, grow up. How many times did we write that article? Grow up, dude. Yeah. And he did. And it took and it took Pete to like, OK, this is it. Yeah, I just Pete um, needed to do that more often. So you think but they the should bring ass. in a, a coordinator who's in that kind of thing? Because I used to didn't take the next step up. So you think they should bring on uh, somebody that's been an offensive or defensive coordinator instead of a head coach? I think it's more likely to do that or a head coach from college. I mean, it kind of worked out with Pete. I'm not saying, oh, yeah, he, he was an NFL coach before because that, yeah, that's yeah. a good argument. I, I, that's a valid argument to make. I, I've seen that pointed out like Lincoln Riley of USC, but I was like, he never played in the yeah. pros. He's never coached in the pros to me that. That's more. Yeah, that's like Cliff Kingsbury, right? Makes you more iffy. Like, uh, can you do it? Yeah, it works yeah, in yeah. college, but it's a completely different game right. in the pros. Does that the same concept still work? He can maybe he can coach co- quarterbacks, great. But is his defense going to hold up? I mean, doesn't it? USC didn't what this a, year. I I wonder if there's a guy coaching at Tennessee who would like to be an OC for the Seahawks. I do you think he do you think he would do that? You know, I've I've thought about, but they make I mean, they can, make more can, money in college. Well, I was going to say, but they can pay him anything the hell they want to in the NFL. They could, but it depends. It, it depends on is he interested in the NFL eventually, right? Because if he's right. not, no reason to do it. But, but that it, obviously would you go would from be a head coach in college at a high level college to? And I'm I'm asking this not like knowing the answer, but to being I an would. OC in the NFL. If, I don't know if I wanted to be a head coach in the NFL eventually. Absolutely, I would. Absolutely, but. You know, first place, does he want to do that? And second, like, you got a pretty good thing going in, in Tennessee, too. Obviously, he, he he does, or otherwise they wouldn't, no one would be interested in him. And I'm not saying, hell, I'm not saying Seattle even, well, they know who the hell he is, obviously, but I'm not saying they have zero interest in him. But that's the kind of guy who I think would bake a fascinating OC as opposed to you know, going to bring him in as head coach, because like you said, it's like, it's, it's too, too big, a, too big a jump for him at this stage. I think someone who's more established, I don't know. He is kind of established, isn't he? Yeah, uh, anyway. he is at this point. I mean, he was with, even before he came to the US. Right. Right. Uh, exactly. Came to Tennessee. Yeah, exactly. Cause he was pretty well known and had, his, he, he made his bones in central Florida. Uh, you know, so, but, or, or someone, and God, no, please not Lane Kiffin, but, or someone. <laughs> He's got NFL like, coaching experience. Like that. He does. But, I'm joking, but, but he does. Yeah, he does. Uh, <laughs> I, I was just thinking now that Alabama is open, are, are the, are the people in, uh, at Ole Miss, are they concerned because we all know that Lane just loves being at his dream job until his other dream job opens up. Yeah. It's like I'd be sweating bullets if I was in Oxford, Mississippi, and wanted to keep that guy because mm, 
Yeah, I've heard. If, if, Kalen DeBoer actually is a favorite for that job. Yeah, that would make yeah, sense. He was just a coordinator in 2019. That tells you how quickly. Of course, he his record in college was. I started laughing because his record in college six seven and four. That's insane, isn't it? Yeah. Um, and his record against top ten teams is. I think he's only lost two games. It, it's insane. That's, that's Saban-esque. Um, of course, he got, anyway, he got back to against Michigan. But, I mean, but, well, and the reason I bring up, because yeah. I've heard, I have heard Link have not, like, half seriously coming. Yeah. And then Kalen DeBoer, people are calling in. I'm like, no, he's not. He may be a great yeah. coach, but he's not ready for that yet. Um, yeah. But it's somebody has. It's asked, a different. Man. Yeah. Yeah. It's a different ballgame altogether. And you don't want to go there and fill, and then I don't know. It's just, uh, I don't know. I, I mean, you can go there and fail, and then go back to college and be wildly successful, and then come back like Pete. What about Deion Sanders? <laughs> listen, um. <laughs> let me let, listen. Listen, man. I think I'm getting the flu. I know Sony has the flu. She came, <laughs> she came home early yesterday and literally threw up in the car on her way home. Because I said Deion, she knew I was going to say Deion Sanders. I'm, because, I'm joking, everyone, because, by the way. Because, because you knew she, you were going to say Deion Sanders. Uh, no, Jesus. At Eric some point. Bien-Ami, I mean, there's um, so many names out there. That's the thing is like it. Uh, yeah, it's exactly. wide there open. So we don't know who it's going to be. It's, 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 it would be fascinating, obviously, to be in the the room, the interview room with, uh, with John Schneider. The room Schneider. where it happens. In the room where it happens. Have you ever read that book? I've not read the book. I was just thinking of Hamilton the musical. Mm. Anyway, um, <laughs> we went two different should, places, both valid, should, by the way. I, sh- I, sh- I should I should watch that again. I haven't seen that in quite a while. Such a good book show. <laughs> watching the book. <laughs> yeah, watching the you know, you know the audio books. I just I just watch the book. Like, like, hey, I just go down the books my, a million. My and Google the pages, and then we go from there. So. <laughs> they probably still have microfiche. Probably. Um, this book's not going to be on the shelf, but it says in the microfiche. Yeah, because but they are going to have thousands of tchotchkes from Taiwan on the shelves. I still can't figure out how that place is in business. Uh, anyway, back to the Seahawks. So. Closed. Did it really? Yeah, a while ago. The one in Oak Ridge still exists. So. Oh, oh, so so you're telling me half of the drug supply in Knoxville has been sh- shut down? Yeah, it's been very. I mean, uh, the crimes dropped. It's very sad. It is sad. Anyway, um, <clears throat> inside joke. Sorry. Anyway, so inside, I was I lost. Think you, you said you enemy. said sorry wrong. You're supposed to say sorry. 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 So sorry. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> Anyway, to the Seahawks. So obviously, this is the biggest story since ever. Ever, we've Super got more people Bowl. on Earth. Therefore, it's a larger audience, so it's the biggest audience ever. Biggest True. story ever. God, we must have nine listeners. Uh, but I, it's yeah. I mean, obviously, it's the biggest story since they won the Super Bowl. Probably the bigger than when they lost the next one. So. Yeah, there's been it's again. Wait, there's did so you watch the Super Bowl under Pete Carroll? What happened at the end? No, I'm not going there. I've I've been feeling good up until now. You just wait, Pete. Nine years later, you're going to get fired for this. <laughs> um, one thing 
another not one thing another interesting thing right so i don't know who engineered this thing i guess it was probably pete said hey let's go have dinner this was wednesday night and a lot of his players showed up and then more and more of his players show up and then russell wilson shows up which is like makes me really happy uh because and i think we're accurate that russ does a lot of things for pr right you don't think he did that for pr I, I think to some extent there's some of it, but, you know, that's that's pretty extreme. I don't think he did that. I, I, I think the the tweet that he put out, yeah, maybe that was PR. I mean, some of it. Listen, Russ takes a breath and to, to some extent, some level of that is just for PR. It's like exactly. Yeah. Reason, right? But I think more so it was a heartfelt thing is like. Just realizing, I'm sure he always realized that, hey, man, this dude, this dude did a lot for me. Like I came in. Not a top draft pick. They had signed dude to a, what, seven million dollar contract, which was a pretty good amount of money. And I showed what I could do. And Pete said, nope, you're our guy. And and Russ. Russ is not a bad guy. He's at all he's not a bad person yeah, he's not he gonna go kill someone yeah. or something like that he's or, not the, yeah he's, know, inside yeah. a riot and then say it didn't happen <laughs> right russ russ is uh i think at heart russ is a very good person he does a lot of lot of good things some of it's for pr but but i honestly think his heart's in the right place i think sometime i think he i think his head got too big for him at one point with the Seahawks, right? Which is what set off the whole thing. But he, I think he legitimately, honestly uh, realizes how much Pete Carroll did for him. And I think that's why he he showed up. And and ultimately, does it matter why he showed up? Or does it more important how Pete reacted? And Pete, Pete was Pete like, and the other players. I wonder what they... Yeah, yeah. So. yeah. Well, he was there for Pete. And Pete... I think was legitimately, oh, my God, Russ came. This is awesome. Yeah, I mean, obviously, somebody had to tell Wilson about it. Which, oh, I just accidentally showed up in this random restaurant in Seattle. No. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm curious. I'm curious who made the call, right? And they'd be yeah. interested in who. I'm guessing probably Bobby. Uh, but yeah, I, I, love, I, I, I love Pete's comments afterwards. He's there with his guys and a lot of them. He's like had all of his safeties there practically. Right. Which and, including Jamal Adams, which I thought, oh, that's interesting. I love the fact that Adams was there and that Pete mentioned him, especially. That was cool. That uh, Sherm and Russ uh, basically reconnected. <laughs> and the quote, you know, you can write an article about it later or t- say the art thing right now because I don't want to. Ah, you, you can take that. But that was really solid. But just the the, the fact that it, and then. Apparently at some point, so Pete talks about all oh, oh, the safeties are there, and and what did Doug Baldwin say? What did Doug did Baldwin you see say? Doug Baldwin's I, did, quote? I didn't. No. Doug Baldwin's Doug Doug Baldwin says, "I'm standing right here, and none of y'all can still cover me." <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> it's like, if that's not the most Doug Baldwin thing ever, it's like he's he's got a room full of all pro. <laughs> And and Hall of Fame safeties basically, <laughs> and he calls them out. <laughs> like, yeah. Oh my god. It was Baldwin. it was a beautiful moment. I mean, Golden Tate was there with Russell's first wife. It was nice. It was a nice moment. 
<laughs> That's a joke. But, but uh, and not like golden. And, and that would be pretty funny too, right? But uh, it would be. I wonder why Percy Harvin wasn't there. That's one question. Uh, he's, he's probably waiting in the bathroom. He's like, I swear I'm going to get that. Uh, I'm going to wait and, for the and, bigger dinner. As, <laughs> as we have as we have said uh, before, in in maybe not said but written that so many players, you know, have made all these heartfelt comments about about Pete and you know how much he meant to them, and it's it's. You don't, yeah, you see that when when coaches retire, but you seem to see an awful lot of it with Pete, and, and it, it's just it's so cool to see all these guys coming out and and talking about how much Pete meant to them, which yeah. you know that's what made Pete Pete much more than a football coach. Yeah, much. I more. mean, no more Pete's sakes articles, I guess. Um, yeah. sadly. Oh, I mean, oh. Ooh, Dan Quinn needs to get hired because because on the DQ. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> uh, anyway, there's just too much to play with. They won't hire him because it it just makes it too easy for us. Anyway, that's true. But that yeah, that's our, that, that is our our program um, for this evening. Um, now we listen to a little bit of Mahler. Why are you the worst? 